Today on CityCast DC. So you're coming down Pennsylvania Avenue and the Capitol's in front of you and it's this beautiful postcard picturesque Washington Vista. And then you look to your left and there is this insane, brutalist hulk of a building. And that, my friends, is where our FBI is headquartered. But uh, maybe not for long. Tristan Navarra from the Washington Business Journal has been covering the twisting story that is the FBI building relocation, and he's here to tell us what's going on. It's Thursday, September 8th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. So tell us about why is the FBI wanting to get out of this building and what's going to happen? It's been years and years that they've been talking about this move. And as this has been happening, I mean, the building is just crumbling. You can see from the outside, the concrete nightmare that was designed there is all starting to fall apart. It's almost 10 years now that they've been kind of in the process of figuring this out, and it's just gotten worse. So this is not just a random cityscape thing for most Washingtonians. People hang out all the time in Penn Quarter right nearby. And the neighborhood, which is a kind of hop-in nightlife neighborhood, all of a sudden runs dead into that building and it just dies. It's like a block killer of a building. What is the idea of what's supposed to replace it? So there's the caveat that a lot of this is a few years old, but the most recent study they conducted in 2013 found is probably much better for a mixed-use development, some commercial space, some residences. The data they found in 2013 was that a, a major development there of about the same size would probably bring in three times the tax revenue to the tune of like $28 million a year compared to what it's basically losing now and having a government tenant there. So it would be like shops or movie theaters or something on the ground floor and then people living above it or offices above it? Almost certainly. That site has been just very much, like you said, it's kind of a hole in the middle of the city for years. There's been this effort for Pennsylvania Avenue to be something other than what it is right now. So there hasn't been a lot of political willpower to see the FBI remain there, to see uh, government to continue to use kind of this prime piece of land right next to where there are so many tourists and, and where there's a very active downtown. Right. You say there's been a complication with political will, and that complication got tied up in the last administration. So there was a plan that was all afoot. The FBI was going to move out to the burbs. That space was going to be redeveloped, and maybe it was going to become a hotel. And then a guy who owned another hotel got elected president. What happened then? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, President Trump canceled the search for the uh, new FBI headquarters, which by that point had been narrowed down to three sites. Uh, two in Maryland and Prince George's County, and then one in Springfield in Virginia. Why did he say he was canceling it? Basically, he said that there was an easier plan for them to rebuild where they are right now. There was a lot of conversation that maybe that had something to do with his hotel being down the street. Did people believe what he said at face value? I'll put it like this. There hasn't been a serious conversation among most parties that the FBI should build a new building on that site. So then uh, the 2020 election happens, Trump loses, mm-hmm. Biden becomes president. And then what happens to this project and this idea? Really, in the past year or so, it's been the lawmakers from Maryland who've tried to resurrect 
the search. The understanding around 2017, before Trump canceled it, was that was that Maryland was a kind of a favorite, maybe to win the headquarters because of their two sites. So uh, Senator Van Hollen started it off by introducing some language into this year's budget that required the GSA to resume the search. And through a series of things that have happened since then, GSA has basically said, okay, we're going to find another site for the FBI. Three sites that we were looking at in 2017 still work. We will come to you to let you know what it would cost to build these sites. Now, it's still up to Congress to decide, okay, well, we're going to do that and we're going to build. But, you know, the Maryland lawmakers and now the Virginia ones, too, have come together to try and get money into the next budget to start trying to make things actually happen. So basically, Maryland wants it because they want to have a bunch of jobs in a new office out there. The district wants the FBI gone because they think they can do something cooler with the space. A lot of FBI agents, I assume, don't want to deal with the schlep all the way downtown and would much rather have a place they can park in the burbs. And uh, so there's this other factor that has, you have turned up in your reporting, which is that that building is scary and dangerous. <laughs> what did you find? Yeah, well, you know, that's the truth. We did a records request to get a sense for what the state of the building is. And the last inspection really found that it's alarming how fast the building is deteriorating. They're talking about exposed rebar. They're talking about electrical systems that are so far out of date that they're dangerous to operate. This entire political conversation about this building has gone on for 10 years. Um, it seems what's pushing it recently is that they're saying, hey, yeah, the building's getting pretty bad. What's, have you been in the building? What's in there? What's it like? I have not been in the building. They don't let um, you in? <laughs> Shockingly, they won't let a business reporter in. But you see from the outside how it's been fenced off. The famous story of Director Ray having a piece of concrete on his desk to remind him that the building was falling apart. The building isn't looking any prettier these days than it, than it looked five years ago, that's for sure. Right. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. So that building is like probably the greatest example in Washington of brutalist architecture. It's, mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, of its era, it's like, it's just massive and all concrete and so on. How did that happen? You know, somebody uh, had the idea to try to submit it for historic status. And the response as they analyzed the building was pretty hilarious. Basically, not only did, was it a hard no for that building to be historic, they really just bashed the entire thing. The, the, it was designed by committee. There were a lot of ideas about it that evolved over time. You know, they said it was obsolete as soon as it was finished, but it just, it, it never really fit a lot of what the FBI actually wanted. The design was supposed to be something bold and it turned into this big blocky mess. Oh wait, just to be a skeptic for a minute, if we if historic preservation is about preserving history, isn't bureaucratically designed brutalist <laughs> failures of the 1960s uh, a classic example of history? You know what? <laughs> you know, I think that we would like to think that. 
There's certainly a history of that. But, you know, they, they eventually decided, you know what, that we can't say enough historic stuff has happened here. We can't say on the record enough historic stuff has happened here to justify it architecturally. It's not even a good example of brutalist architecture. It's just a big blocky, you know, they even said at one point, somebody said it, from the top, it looks like a big toilet. You know, it's, it, it's the thing is just a mess. We got probably have some better brutalism in DC, the Metro, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned there's locations. Where, where are the Maryland locations that people think are going to be the winners? The first one is the Greenbelt Metro Station. Um, it's owned by WMATA. That's the metro. Yes. And it's completely basically green and ready to build on, but it's kind of in a little bit of a swampy area. There might be some issues with building there. The other one is Landover. There's a developer that owns about 80 acres, the former site of the Landover Mall. So that one also has the advantage that there's built up infrastructure around it. But the problem is it's about a mile away from the metro station. So there'd have to be some kind of transportation situation there. Also, you're talking about a big classified building in the middle of where a mall would be. You can imagine that might be kind of awkward. Although it's like, I, I, my class, when I was in like fourth grade, took a field trip to the FBI building. And my, the one memory I have of it is uh, they had a gun range. And we thought that mm. was the coolest thing. They, of course, they would not, <laughs> just to be clear, they would not let the fourth graders fire guns. But it just seems like a weird thing to have in a city office building and a much better thing to have if you have like a spread out <laughs> mall sized building. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you know the FBI has really been saying that they need a new building. Who knows all of the things that they want to have there. But having all of that right in the middle of the city just doesn't work for them. What is the Virginia location? The Springfield location is a giant warehouse that the government owns just right past the metro station down there. It's actually right next to where the TSA just built its new headquarters. Now, the on one hand, the government already owns the land, which could save them $100 million to buy it. On the other hand, this warehouse is is a giant concrete block. And the most intriguing part is that there seems to be some clandestine use going on there. There's been some inklings about what it is. The rumor is that it's a CIA facility that they use to train people to pick locks and things like that. But no one's ever been on the record to talk about what specifically is going on there and and if it's still open there. So there's this extra intrigue. We need a whole building to pick locks? Apparently, it's it's happening in the basement, maybe. Right. The deep state needs a home. Mm-hmm. All right. So most people are probably never going to be in any of these buildings, but a lot of people are going to be hanging out in proximity uh, to 935 Pennsylvania Avenue at some point yeah. in their futures. That's the thing which I think a lot of Washingtonians are really curious about. T- putting on your sort of projection hat, what do you think is going to happen there? You know, the government tends to seek bidders for property when it wants to offload the property. So what's probably going to happen in the next couple of years, if this indeed does go forward, is they would ask developers, okay, who has an idea to do something with this site? What's probably going to happen is it'll be probably something big. It would probably be a new major mixed-use project. There's a lot of political willpower behind that because... There's been some push for years also for Pennsylvania Avenue to become more of a pedestrian, more of a bike-friendly kind of place. So to have a giant urban center there with something cool would really just be a capstone in that. What do you hope to have? What do you think that area needs? It needs retail. It needs shops. It needs restaurants. It's 
you know, I actually took a, a scooter and, and went up Pennsylvania Avenue there. And it's it's this wonderful, expansive street. And it's got a lot of cool history and that sort of thing around it. But there's not really that many reasons when you're on your little scooter going down the center of Pennsylvania to stop. Yeah, it's nice to watch the skateboarders at the square. It's nice, you know, to see the museums and that sort of thing. But But you and me as Washingtonians, what do we do when we go down Pennsylvania Avenue? We're going somewhere else usually. Right, right. And that the weirdest thing is you're, you know, a, a couple blocks from Haleo. Capital One Arena is right there. And uh, it's like uh, there's a sort of psychological divide. And the FBI building, I suspect, has a lot to do with that divide. Yeah, yeah. So what is the next hurdle they got to get over? In the fall, the GSA is going to come back to Congress and say, here's the site that we prefer. Here's what it would cost to build a new FBI headquarters there. Then you have to have Congress approve the money. It's proposed in the next budget that they set aside $500 million to get the process started. Now, there's a lot of partisan gamesmanship going on right now about federal government headquarters in general. And several Republican congressmen have introduced different ideas about how to pull more employees, federal employees out of DC. So there's going to be, there's going to be some partisan bickering about this because it's going to be a giant expensive building for a major federal agency that's going to take a lot of money. The last estimate in 2017 was that the headquarters was going to cost something like two and a half billion dollars. Wait, so is there an idea that that some of Trump's allies, because Trump had wanted to maintain the FBI building on Pennsylvania Avenue for possibly not totally altruistic reasons, that some of his allies are going to try to push to keep it there? You know, it's that's less likely him having sold the hotel to to be converted to a Waldorf Astoria, you know, removes him from the situation today. But the conversation about how there are too many federal government employees in D.C. has continued in Congress. You know, the quote-unquote palaces for federal agencies. It doesn't seem realistic that that's going to significantly cause D.C.'s federal employees to all go away, but it will make any big headquarters construction like this a headache. Ooh, the next Congress is going to be fun for the locals here. <laughs> That's for sure. Tristan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks again for your time. And before you go, some quick news. Montgomery County police say they've just solved a murder case that eluded them for 51 years. They arrested a man named Larry Smith, who they say admitted to killing James Tappan Hall on October 23, 1971. Hall was the MoCo special deputy sheriff at the time. Investigators believe he was shot while interrupting a residential burglary in Rockville. Meanwhile, it's been a huge week for tennis player Francis Tiafo. He just defeated Andrei Rublev to make the U.S. Open semifinals. And of course, that's only possible because he beat world number three Rafael Nadal in the round of 16 earlier this week. Tiafo is from Prince George's County, so we're all rooting him on. Good luck, Francis! And lastly, the DC Shorts International Film Festival returns in person today. There will be 77 short films, including documentaries, narrative fiction, international films, animated ones, and even some quirky avant-garde shorts, all showing at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema on Bryant Street. The in-person festival ends Sunday, but there's one silver lining of the pandemic. The festival really figured out how to make the most of virtual screenings. So they're keeping that option available to people all next week. Get your tickets at dcshorts.com. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. 
If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.